second down and six Oklahoma chewing up this Oklahoma State defense which comes in 128th ranked against the pass Gabriel going to work again looking deep got a receiver wide open it's caught for a touchdown Farouk is there Is that, are you telling me that's what's responsible for the win on Saturday night, no, Tyler? No, defensive culture is uh, <laughs> what was responsible for the win. Um, we've been bragging about them all day long, but for the 5 o'clock crowd, the defense, or excuse me, the offense did everything in their power to put the defense in a terrible situation Saturday, and it did not matter. The defense still prevailed, and uh, they were awesome. So here's, yep. here's where we're at, man. I'm, I mean, seriously, three out of the past four games – the defense has definitely been the better side of the ball, and I think overall has played well. Iowa State, they played well. Uh, I think against West Virginia, they played well. And certainly Saturday, they played well. They've got a real opportunity in front of them. If you go out to Lubbock and play well defensively again, and then you play well in the bowl game, I think that there's a situation that exists where, I don't know, people's opinion of the defense going into next year can totally flip to what it was maybe a month ago. That's the opportunity that they have in front of them to really end the year on a high note. And we're going to the offseason saying, dang, I feel like this defense, you know, maybe they're not elite next year, but they could be pretty good next season in year two. Yeah. And maybe there's not a metric, you know, because if you look at the Oklahoma State game, the yardage number is, is pretty high, but I guess the points is, is low. But what do you think constitutes – playing well against 
Tech? I mean, is there is there some number that they have to get to, or Man. is it just just like we'll know watching the game if if we can say the defense yeah. can hang their hat on that? Yeah, one. because if the offense is out there for twenty one minutes on Saturday, then I it's not a fair expectation to hold Texas Tech to thirteen points, now is it? Right. So I I think the offense has a lot to do with that, and yeah. my hope is that they aid the defense a whole heck of a lot better than they did on Saturday. Because I don't think OU can win in Lubbock on Saturday if the offense plays the way it did for the final three quarters. They can't. Yeah. I don't know who, who they can beat if it plays that bad. Yeah, and you know, we're catching Tech at a at an interesting time, man. They um, they've won their last two games. They beat Kansas and beat them pretty pretty handily, forty three twenty eight. They beat Iowa State up in Ames, fourteen ten, low scoring game. And, um, you know, they, they beat West Virginia at home, lost to Baylor, but, you know, we all watched TCU. Uh, you watched them play TCU close in Fort Worth. So, Tech team is, they're not bad. They're not bad. Their record is just what ours is, um, you know, 6-5 and five overall. They're actually better in conference, 4-4 four and four in conference right now. And, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a big challenge. You know what's been annoying me recently, and I, I got it a few times uh, on Saturday after the game. It's like you can't give this OU defense any credit without at least a few people saying, "Well, yeah, but come on, that offense sucks. They're nothing special." And do I think that OSU is some great offense this year? No, but God, man, can we not just give this defense credit for the way that they played here you recently? Yeah, I mean, sure, they haven't faced off against a top five or even a top ten offense, but like, look at the look at the OU offense. They faced off against two bad defenses the past two weeks and haven't been able to do anything. Like, we're talking about progress here, and whether they played great offenses or not, the OU defense has shown progress. So you don't have to throw it back every single time and say, "Yeah, but the offenses they're facing right now sucks." Progress is being made. Just say it out loud. Just accept it because that's what the reality is. 11 turnovers in the past four games. That's what yep. they've created. It's pretty good. Well, and uh, I'm not going to act like Oklahoma State's the best offense in the conference, but Oklahoma held them to their lowest output except for that Kansas State game. Held them to lower points than they had against Iowa State a week ago. Um you know, held them to fewer points than they had in that loss to Kansas. So, hey, I'm – that That's just like not wanting to give any praise whatsoever. I don't care if you're facing the Iowa State offense, who's probably the worst offense in the league. Right. If they have a, a 102 plays against you and you only allow 13 points and create four turnovers, that's a hell of a day. And that right. OSU offense is better than the Iowa State offense. So, right. I, I, I don't know. I – it's well, a fight the that I'm not going to win, I guess, but I, yeah. I like where, where they're headed. It's the same thing with West Virginia. You know, we you know, we held West Virginia to 23 points at home, which they've scored a ton of points at home throughout the season. And I, I don't – I'm not trying to hang my hat on something but that's a loss, but they, they've, they're hitting some, some milestones that at least should have you saying – Okay, they've got something going here, and it's not a it's not a worthy criticism to 
say whenever someone played well against the team to say, well, that team's not any good. It's just it's a dumb criticism. Right? That it, you can't punish someone for playing good when they play good. You know, it's it's just it's trying to find a reason to be upset. Now, does it mean that because they played good against Oklahoma State that they're going to go, you know, play well against Texas Tech? Well, no, not necessarily. But you know, they've they've started to put together some some decent stretches of football on the defensive side, and maybe they continue that. So, I don't know. I, I there's plenty of things to be negative about you don't need to create them yeah yeah can't forget baylor and squirrel gashing us though i but that those that goes to the point no you don't have that, to forget it no one's saying that they're perfect or that they're great or even that they're top 40 or anything but progress is being made just just admit it guys you can say it out loud i don't know if people are scared to get their hopes up again i i get that but you can well, say that this defense is improving because that's what's happening you don't have to forget the Baylor game. You don't. Remember it. Right? And it goes back to you know what I said in the first hour. Young, inexperienced, on defense, is going to give you a team that plays with peaks and valleys. And that's what we've seen with the defense. Peaks and valleys. There's been some, some good performances followed by bad performances. Okay, and uh, all you can say is that the good performances are starting to outnumber the bad performances. Is it going to stay that way? I don't know. Maybe not for this year. But the, but don't. There's there's no reason to to not say it was it was a good night because of what they did, you know, three weeks ago against Baylor. And just think what it might have looked like on Saturday if the defense wasn't out there for 102 plays and yeah. out there for like 40 minutes or whatever it was, the time of possession, like what might the number have been at the offense that actually play complimentary football and help those guys out? Right. I, I don't know. I mean, it. they only allowed 13 points, so that's, that's a pretty good mark anyway, but might have looked even better. I don't know. Uh, look, let's get to the text line. Just think how good they would look with a better offense. When they score early, the defense can play relaxed and aggressive. That's what Gundy said after the game. Well, you know, they get up early, get up by 28, so they can be a little bit more aggressive in the the looks that they show defensively, so that helped them. Turnovers are the biggest key of the game by far. Well, that's right. That's why he makes the big bucks right there. Uh, Perfect breakdown of the football game. Um, Yes, as you get – out to a bigger and bigger lead, it has less to do with your lead and and you being more aggressive and more to do with the fact that the team you're playing is becoming more predictable. And whenever you become more predictable, you can be more aggressive on defense. So that's really what, what that boils down to. Um, and speaking of predictability, Texas Tech, I essentially you get – three quarterbacks a game <laughs> you know yeah it's true so they are the model of uh being unpredictable right now so it's going to be it's going to be a big challenge they got a good running game a couple of really good backs um some good skill guys and you know even though they're playing 
multiple quarterbacks at times. You got guys the shut kid can can absolutely sling it. You either play good or you don't, regardless of the opponent, says someone from the four oh five. Uh, we'll try. The opposite of complimentary football is craplimentary football. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I texted last week, more than anything, I want to see a score on the first two drives. I'm going to keep saying that every week. Yeah, my wife looked over at me and was like, when's the last time we scored on our first two drives? I think I said 2018. What it felt like. Yeah. It was, it was definitely needed. And... They built. They they continue to build on it, and I don't know. Um, hopefully, we get more of the same against Texas Tech out in Lubbock. What else you got on the text line? I don't know, Tyler. Jimbo Fisher said, "Why go to a winning program that wins all the time?" What's the latest around A and M? Well, hey, you know, UMass is good. To, yeah, the best team in UMass up there in Massachusetts, up there for sure. You name it, name, name a better football team than UMass up there in the Northeast. We beat them twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> um, light in the crowd down there oh, at A and M. Yeah. Did you? Uh, oh, oh I, I. Everyone saw it, but what were your thoughts on their fake army guys throwing off their fake cannon? At their two, uh, the two UMass players in the end zone before the game. I saw that guys down there taking a knee and they blow the cannon right in his eardrum. Yeah. To be fair, like it couldn't have been any worse than sitting across from that cannon in the Cotton Bowl and you can feel it in your chest when Texas gets that thing going. Tyler, one of the things that I I laughed at so hard at the OU Texas game is. So they blow the cannon when they kick the ball off, right? Yes. There is an official standing in the back of the end zone that, like, winds the clock or whatever, whenever they're ready to kick. And he was standing right in front of the cannon. And they blew that cannon, and it blew his hat off. <laughs> and like he was, like, so mad whenever he, he turned around and gave them this look. I mean, I can't imagine how loud that was. He was literally standing 10 feet in front of it, directly in front. Yeah. How does Georgia's offense compare? Honestly, obviously they're better, but their points per game and yards per game can't be that much better. Something worth thinking (laughs) about. Georgia was – they had a top five offense at one point. Yeah, I'd take Georgia's offense all day long. Well, here's the deal. Georgia can sustain a drive. They can have a touchdown drive longer than two minutes. I've seen it this year. Like God, yeah. if the offense forget about Georgia. scoring a touchdown, if if this offense could have a five minute field goal drive, jeez, that would do wonders for the defense at this point. Yards per game, Georgia has the number seven offense in the country. Yeah, they're right there with you know, it's Tennessee, USC, Oregon, Ole Miss, Washington, UCLA, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio State, familiar foes. Right there. Yeah. Me, so. me thinks they're going to win the national championship this year, but that's just Really? Me. Uh, Georgia? Yeah. You're, what about the University of Southern California? No love? Uh, so Texas beat KU 55-14 to Saturday. I think Georgia's going to beat USC 55-14 to uh, in that semifinal game. Okay. Or at least I hope. I. The whole holiday season will be ruined for me if uh, that goes the other way. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be real bad. Uh, a couple more texts. I want Eric Gray to have 25 touches against Texas Tech. 
This one says, I think Sir Roderick Thompson is a really good back. God, he's been there forever. He is. He is a really good back. Yep. He, um, it does feel like he's been there a while. He's the, uh, he transferred from Bama, right? Former five-star kid? Uh, yeah, maybe that's right. I just know he's been there forever. You've well, seen- he may not have been a five-star, but I think he was a – because I feel like maybe they got a couple of transfers from there at one point. But anyways, good back regardless. You, uh, you seen the spread for Saturday, what it's currently I have at? not. Uh, well, what do, you, what do you think it's at? I'm just curious. I think it is probably – OU minus one and a half. Mm-hmm. OU minus two. Did you look at two? Up? Did you look no, it up? I did not. Okay. Did not. I think they opened We're, as like a three, three and a half point favorite. It got bet down to two pretty quick, and that's where it's currently at. What do you think? Oh, I mean, I don't feel like I'm trying to live in at least Monday where we're celebrating the victory on Saturday. I have all week to worry about this game. But yeah, my early week feel is I I'm genuinely fearful, as Mike Leach would say, about the <laughs> OU offense. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really am. I, I just think it's going to be tough for them to beat any good teams with the way that they're playing offense right now. And, hey, yeah. sa- sa- and, and I think that first quarter makes it even more maddening, man, because when they're clicking and they're on, they're a really good offense. But how, for the final three quarters of the game – can you not pick up a third and two, a third and three, and not get any first downs? I, I don't know. It, it's just so hot and cold for this offense. And when it goes cold, they have a really tough time finding any rhythm. And that yeah. makes me really nervous for Saturday. Yep. Yep. No, I, I agree. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's hard to feel overly confident at all on uh, – even though the defense is coming off of uh, – of a really good performance, you know, it, you, you still have some hesitation there that, like I said, peaks and valleys. When you're young and inexperienced, you're going to play the peaks and valleys. So there's still some unknown, like what are you going to get? Are they going to show up and, and be consistent? Or we're going to have one of those days where we're kind of lost and, and chasing our tail out there. Um, hard to know. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on here from Newcastle Casino next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. The Landers Tire Event starts right now at Landers Auto Group. Buy four tires, get free lifetime tire rotations, a $100 Landers gift card, and more. Come in now for the Landers Tire Event at Landers Auto Group. See dealer for details. The Landers Tire Event starts right now at Landers Auto Group. Buy four tires, get free lifetime tire rotations, a $100 Landers gift card, and more. Come in now for the Landers Tire Event at Landers Auto Group. See dealer for details. Holy hail damage! Are you or your loved ones looking for a trustworthy and affordable roofing company after the storms? Look no further than Elite Roofing Systems, a sooner-born, sooner-bred, locally-owned roofing company. Elite Roofing has been helping homeowners and commercial property owners across the greater OKC area get beautiful, functional roofing systems at reasonable rates. Call Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing Systems today at 405-361-3094 for a free evaluation and estimate today. is full of anchors meant to keep you in place but the good news is that it's also full of things that remind you not to let them
So every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. The best place to stay hot this November is at Riverwind. With so many ways to win on over 2,800 of your favorite games. With some of the best dining and drink options around. It's easy to see why we're OKC's number one casino. It's time to come to Riverwind. Whether you're looking for the perfect gift to dazzle your loved ones or choosing a present for yourself, you can rely on our elves at Mitchell's Jewelry. We have a tremendous selection of wish list favorites like stacking bracelets, diamond hoop earrings, and diamond studs, plus the favorite trend-setting delicate gold necklaces and paperclip chains. Don't make Santa wonder what you want. Let's get your wish list started. Enjoy ample parking, our sparkling clean showroom, plus complimentary gift wrap. Mitchell's Jewelry, 2201 West Main in Norman. Life's too short for small buns. 405 Burger Bar is moving locations to Main Street in the heart of Norman. With handmade Oklahoma onion burgers and a full bar, 405 Burger Bar will be your favorite place to watch games. Follow us on Instagram at 405 Burger Bar to learn more about our burgers, bar, and sports bar atmosphere. 405 Burger Bar, Main Street in Norman, just east of I-35. 405 Burger Bar in Norman on Main Street. Big buns, real meats. Do you know after a disaster strikes, if you don't take the right steps, you could sign away a large amount of your insurance claim to the wrong company? It's your insurance claim. You've paid a lifetime for it, and you are most vulnerable when disaster strikes. Don't let anyone start work immediately on your property until you know what to do next. Your insurance claim and future depend on it. You need a company to help point you in the right direction. 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver has been the name to trust since 1988, working for you, not the insurance company. At the Carlstone, retirement is whatever you want it to be. Our 55-plus living community has a little bit of everything, from an incredible workout facility, a spa, to game and movie rooms, and even full-service dining. With our professional and caring staff members, you can rest easy knowing your loved ones are well taken care of. Call or visit us online today and start living the good life at the Carlstone. Got win number six. You know, that's the, no one's beating their chest. We've got a long ways to go as we build this the right way. You know, again, foundationally, building the foundation. Think about foundation, whether it's of a building or certainly a program. Those are so many things. It takes so much time. Whatever that time is, it just takes a long time. That's, you know, spend the most time building the foundation the right way the first time. And then it goes unseen, you know, after you get things erected. You know, but the foundation determines the depth of that foundation determines you know how high you can go uh how high the building is how how high we can go as a program so uh you know it all starts with the foundation and attitude of belief in how we do what we do and, and our guys again as i've said for a long time you know haven't flinched but really cool night for for me uh to be a part of this as the head coach and watch these seniors again go off the field walk off the field you know you know, holding a trophy and uh, just having some joy. Britt Venables after the Bedlam win on Saturday. Sooners win it 28-13 over Oklahoma State. Air Comfort Solutions text line says, if Jeff Levy left, 
People would crap their pants because our future starting quarterback would go with him. Stop crying about Jeff Lebby. We are fine. Hmm. I think fair point. Yeah, no, I about Jackson Arnold, I definitely think that's a fair point. But I, I still think that you can be critical of him. Just, yeah, I don't agree that they need to fire him today, though. I, I think that's a, that's a little extreme. Yeah. I think way, it's, it's way uh, extreme, actually. Yeah, I think it's way extreme. Yeah, it is. Um, no, there. We all wish that it was a uh, a seamless transition, but it was not. Um, let me ask you something. How good is our receiving core? Um. Hmm. I think. Uh, well, I think it's a whole heck of a lot better than it played on Saturday. I think it is. Um, I think it's a good wide receiver. I don't know if that gives you. Like, I, there's average, above average, good, and then great. By my scale, and I think that they're a good wide receiver core. Okay. I don't know where if that gives you... you the exact answer that you're looking for, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out like exactly where I think they are. I mean, I I think they're upper tier of this conference. Really. Yeah, they're not as good as TCU. No. They're better than OSU's. Texas is, hasn't had a productive wide receiver core this year. Yeah, I, I think they're upper tier in the conference. Hmm. Who's who's definitively better outside TCU? TCU's better. Texas is better. Um, I'll probably say West Virginia's better. Ooh, okay. Um, okay, so we disagree. Like, we don't really disagree, but I, I think they're a good wide receiver core. Maybe you would say the same thing. But what was your point about that question? I don't know how good they are. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Simple I, enough, yeah. Well, I, I, I think they're like the rest of the offense, and they're just so hot and cold. Like I think yeah. I think Dylan Gabriel is a you know good above average quarterback, but when he's hot, he's hot. When he's cold, he's really cold. I think you can say the same thing about the wide receiver core. When they're on and they're good, the first quarter they were awesome. But when it's not going well, dude, they they cannot create a play to get this offense going again. But do we have do we have anyone that's going over the top of people and making plays that you can throw it up to in traffic? Or that is, you know, that has been a difference maker? Um, not consistently. Like I, I think that this kind of goes to the entire conversation. Is In the first quarter, though, they did make a couple of those plays. Well, Drake Stoops at least did, right? Drake I, Stoops did, yeah. And I remember Jaleel Farouk, I, I think in the Iowa State game maybe, or the West Virginia game, one of the ones. Like, he goes up and gets bit backwards. So they've had guys – here and there make those type of plays, but not consistently. When they've hit on deep balls, it's their guys running behind the defense. Okay. I, I'll i just say, like, according – like, I don't know where they rank in the conference. Okay, and there's circumstances there for that. But, like, for receiving cores that we've had over the last decade or more, it's – like on production and on making plays whenever it depends on, like when, when we actually have to have it, like 
this is this has maybe been the uh, this may be the last ranked in my opinion. Yeah, maybe I, I think that's fair. They they just don't have the top end talents that a lot of those have had. Mims was supposed to be that guy, but he's been he's had the most inconsistent year of his entire career, which makes no now, sense. I will say that I think Mims can be, you know, absolutely special whenever everything, you know, just happens to fall into his hands. Whenever he, you know, whenever he makes those those open catches, like he's a great deep threat, but you know, he's not he's not a great route runner. He's not, you know, he's not electric after the catch. You know, he's not a guy that you're you're throwing a bunch of comeback routes and stuff too, because because of his size. I mean, he's kind of got a, a a pretty narrow application as a wide receiver, which you know that's fine. I mean, it's the application that he has is great. He's a great deep ball guy, um, but I, I think the well, not necessarily the newness of the offense. It just hasn't all meshed like. I thought it was going to with the receiving. No, they're court. a bad offense right now. Yeah. I mean, and no one thought that that was going to be the case. Whether you thought that they're going to be elite, like whatever, like no one thought it was going to be this bad. Teddy, they, they should be a seven-win team right now. The offense has been the reason the past two games why they don't have seven wins. The defense played absolutely well enough to beat West Virginia. The yeah. offense just threw out a complete egg on the road. 18 overall points. You go look uh, – at what other teams have scored against West Virginia in conference this year. A lot more than 18 points. Yeah. Here's um, here's something if you want to you know talk about the offense. Will are, are we going to be having conversations this spring or training camp about any sort of quarterback competition whatsoever? Like, Is that going to be any sort of a storyline? Or is it just we go into spring ball saying, nah, I mean – Someone may knock your socks off in spring ball, and then we talk about something, but Dylan Gabriel's absolutely positively uh, your, your number one guy going into spring. Uh, he's absolutely positively your number one guy going into spring. Now, what happens from that point on, I don't know. I would expect that he would be your starting quarterback next season, but... I don't know that for sure. He's 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 left the the quarterback position more open than we've seen it in a long time sure. for for there to be a challenge for it. The question is are we going to have anyone that can challenge for it? I uh, outside of a a high school kid coming in which Maybe he's just absolutely electric. It happens. Um, but outside of outside of that, I would say, you know, they, they've said that they're not going after a, a transfer said portal. Last Tuesday, yeah. Right? So Pretty recently. I would say it's most likely going to be Dylan Gabriel. But who knows? Maybe Nick Evers makes some, some big headway over the offseason and can challenge for it. Maybe Jackson Arnold is – you know, one of those special, rare quarterbacks that can come in and dethrone a, a seasoned veteran as yeah. a starter. No, I, I think we're on the same page on that. Like, if I had to bet who's the starter game one, I'd pick Dylan Gabriel, and I'd feel pretty good about that. 
but there's an opportunity for someone to light it up in spring bowl and we have a real conversation going into training camp. Yeah. And I, I even think that there's a potential that even if Gabriel – like regardless of what happens, like we could still be having the conversation going into the season. That if Gabriel doesn't play well and it's October, there's a chance that Jackson Arnold could finish the season as the starting quarterback if he's that good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I, you know, I know everyone is, is super hopeful, and I am too. And this is not a a critique or a knock on Jackson Arnold. I've hardly seen any of him play. You know, I've seen some high school highlights and watched some of that game on ESPN against what Allen. He he's, he's an exceptional he's high good. school talent. <laughs> he's really good. But this has nothing to do with any of that. It's just going off of what I've seen over the years with exceptional high school quarterbacks that come to college. It's not a guarantee. It's never a guarantee. It's usually, uh, you know, far less than a guarantee. It's usually still uh, a big percentage of misses. So I, I, I am hopeful, but I'm still an absolute wait and see. With uh, like, I would not make any expectations on him to come in and, and dethrone Dylan Gabriel. If it happens, great. You've got a you got a rare talent on your hands, and that's something to be really excited about. But I would not expect it. By the way, Jackson Arnold was on uh, on the ref this station uh, for pregame on Saturday. How about that? And he says, "Guys, stop talking about me decommitting. It's not going to happen. It's annoying." Those uh, those rumors are getting kind of old. I'm not going to lie. I just kind of stopped responding to them or anything. But yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm locked in with the Sooners. He's saying, "Quit annoying me. Stop spreading fake Instagram rumors that other OKC radio stations find and say that I'm on Flip Watch. I'm not. Stop going to OU." Right. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Because that you want to really throw people into panic and chaos. Oh, jeez. Have that happen. Well, you will be going after a portal quarterback if uh, – yeah. I mean, that's obviously not going to happen. But if that situation did, did exist, yes, you change your opinion on uh, how you approach the portal with QB play, for sure. You think we can go after uh, Drake May at North Carolina, get it from Mac Brown? I hope so. I hope so. What would Max say if Venables came out? Well, they tampered with him. They uh, saw Gabriel (laughs) wasn't playing well back in September, and they tampered with him. Drake knew back in October he was going to play for the Sooners. We knew it. (laughs) They offered him a kicking for chicken deal. His dad can kick at halftime of every game. Yeah, something to that extent. Oh, that's great. They tampered with him. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of seconds left here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. The Landers Tire Event starts right now at Landers Auto Group. Buy four tires, get free lifetime tire rotations, a $100 Landers gift card, and more. Come in now for the Landers Tire Event at Landers Auto Group. See dealer for details. The Landers Tire Event starts in the fourth quarter when, you know, it's getting a little tight. Right, and that's, you know, I was uh, probably a little too conservative at times. Uh, You know, they're late in the third and then in the fourth quarter running the football the way we did. Uh, again, had had opportunities to open it up and, and didn't. But uh, you know, again, it, it's all about getting ourselves into some rhythm and, uh, and and being able to manage the entire thing. There's Jeff Levy after the game on Saturday. Yeah, he uh, 
Got a few tough questions in there saying he's got to do a better job, and he does with uh, clock management. I think we can all agree on that. Text line says, are you allowed to talk about Daniel Parker? Uh, we're allowed to sure. talk about everything. Yes. We uh, we did talk I would talk about it. Uh, I would talk about it more. I just don't know anything uh, except for what he, he was uh, – now, was the report that he was arrested – so Is he arrested and charged here, with... Here's what the Tulsa World says. Oklahoma tight end Daniel Parker has been suspended indefinitely, a team spokesman confirmed. Court documents identify Parker as the boyfriend of a 21-year-old victim alleging domestic abuse, assault with a deadly weapon, and stalking. And I guess an emergency protective order was filed against him. So I don't see anything about getting arrested, but let me make sure yeah. on that. Yeah, the... It's hard to know. Like I don't know anything. Like if, if all of that is true, then probably going to jail. Um, now the emergency protective order. Like almost anyone can get one of those on someone without hardly anything happening. Um, without hardly any like real evidence. You know, like you've got to present some things, uh-huh. but it's not like you've got to. You don't have to back all of those up with a bunch of evidence, so we can't really jump to any conclusions on that. But, you know, I I don't know anything about what he did, didn't do, but um, it's a suspension. I I have some of those details, actually. Okay. Yeah, it's not great. So, let's see. So, they're accusing of uh, domestic abuse, assault, and battery with a deadly weapon and stalking, like we said. A hearing for the emergency protective order is scheduled for Tuesday afternoon at the Cleveland County Courthouse. Uh, where did I find it here? It says that November 13th, when Parker allegedly punched the woman as many as six times in the right and left thigh area in his living room before returning to the room and threatening her life with a firearm at his side. So, yeah, that's bad yep. and awful and unacceptable. Uh, jail time. Yeah, yeah. Forget never playing for OU again. If proven, That's... if if yeah, if they can prove it, you know, I I, you know, I don't know. It's obviously if if he did that, um, throw the book at him. Got no problem with that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was curious whenever he wasn't out there, and I had heard some rumors about some someone being suspended or something. Um, didn't know who it was, and. Saw that he wasn't out there, so yeah. People kept saying yeah. it was Danny Stutzman all week long. It's like, God, are we new week? Are we over the Danny Stutzman rumors that he's going to the portal and that he was suspended? Didn't yeah. look suspended or about to hop in the portal to me. I don't know. Judge for yourself. Is it really that they someone confused uh, Daniel Parker with Daniel Stutzman? <laughs> I think anything is. Is that possible. what happened? I guess anything is possible. Maybe. I don't know. How, how, how do you think he played? I mean, the defense as a whole played well. How, how did he play individually? Stutzman. Uh, well, he played good. I thought he played really well. Um, you know, he's he's getting better and better. What I really like about his growth is what he's doing in the underneath zone coverage. He's starting to, he's starting to see it and sort it way better. You saw him push through some verticals and, you know, it's, it's, one of the most basic routes that you get in in all levels of football, 
Some people call it the snag route. Like the outside receiver comes in and runs like a little hook route. The inside receiver runs like a, a flag or a seven, and then you get a swing out of the backfield, right, the flat route out of the backfield. And, you know, you have to be able to, to see it and push through the vertical of the seven route to get to the snag and play it. And, you know, just by the, the way that we've played underneath coverage in the past with the, the previous um, – you know, the previous uh, defense is it was spot drop to where you just kind of eye the quarterback and get to your landmark. And this is a pattern read where you have to you have to see through routes and you have to see how it's developing. And, you know, it's it takes a while. And, and I'm starting to see him push through verticals and, and, and not jump the underneath routes and, you know, stay back. He's whenever he's the flat player, he's keeping depth underneath number one and not just jumping the flat whenever he's the flat player. So his zone coverage has come a really long way. And, you know, both he and Aguebu are are getting better at communicating and starting to get guys lined up, and there's more coordination between positions instead of everyone just kind of playing with blinders on because they're so fo- focused on just trying to do what they're supposed to do, that not really seeing the big picture. So um, I think he, I think he had a really good game. He yeah. stacked a, you know, a couple of really good games together with West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Yeah, and as we talked about earlier, someone who did not have a great game was Mike Gundy. And I think OSU fans were mad at his clock management. I think that they were even more furious, the ones that watched the postgame press conference, because – as, as a casual observer, Teddy, that's always looking for a good sound clip to play on the show, it had the feel of someone that, well, what are they going to do, fire me? I'm the most successful <laughs> head coach here. So what, like, it was a, it was a really who cares type of, I, I don't know, it, it, it was just the wrong thing that I would have wanted to hear if I was an OSU fan. Would not have been happy well. about the tone. I wish you would have just said that because he'd be right, you know. <laughs> what are they going to do, fire him? Can you fire me? You already got a statue um, of me. It's a matter. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, whenever they elected to kick that field goal to make it 28-3, um, you know, I was surprised by that. And it, what was there? There's a couple other punts, um, I guess, that maybe people were upset about. Yeah, hard to know. Like, would would those have been the different the difference in the game? Perhaps, um, you never know. But if you, get down, if you get down four touchdowns in the first fourteen minutes, you can't approach the well, game with a field position mindset. You got to be super aggressive to try to get back well, in the thing. I mean, that's not necessarily true. I think. I think is. a. I think a lot of times. I I think teams make the mistake of. You've had a terrible start. I think teams may, maybe make the mistake of abandoning like your game plan and how to how to operate a little too quick. Like, yeah, you gave up a bunch of points in the first four minutes. You still have fifty-six minutes of football left. Let's not compound things and make things worse. Like, no, I'm not it's talking not about throwing deep every single play. I'm talking about right. though when you're down four scores. And you've got a fourth and two around midfield, you've got to go for that. You have yeah. to. I mean, I mean, you're you're, you're going to be chasing them all night long. You're around midfield, fourth and two. Yeah. I mean, you take a chance there. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yep. 
Well, what happened? They got a de- they were going for it, and they got a delay a game, right? Well, um, well, they did end up getting a delay a game. I wonder if um, he was like, well, we'll take the five. More room to punt here. We're going to punt anyway. <laughs> Give 69 back there. Who's punting for us today? I wonder if Gundy has a sense of humor that that kid doesn't really ever wear number 69. He made him change his jersey number for this game. That's, how, that's oh, what that's I hope great. it was. He, he punted it well, though, it seemed like. I just couldn't yeah. stop laughing every time he was in the game. Yeah, it was a barrage of punts back and forth between uh, which, between both punters. Dude, the numbers for um, uh, for Turk, for the number of punts, it is amazing. He is number one in the Big 12 with number of punts by, like, a massive margin. Yeah. He he might win the Ray Guy Award. I don't know like who else is putting really well in college football, but he got named as a semifinalist today. And the number of punts that he has this year, you just said, has got to be attractive. I would think. Yeah, there's a chance he wins it. Yeah, he. I think he he still has a. I think he still has the top average. Um in in the Big Twelve or maybe you know who I think Kansas State has a really really good punter. Who's I think his numbers like inside the twenty and and stuff like that are a little bit better, but I think Turk's average is maybe a half a yard uh, longer. But he'll have an opportunity. Most for sure. punts uh, in a game in twenty-one years. Did not think that was going to be the case after the twenty-eight nothing start. But hey, nope, nope. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap things up from Newcastle Casino next. Stay with us. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. The Landers Tire Event starts right now at Landers Auto Group. Buy four tires, get free lifetime tire rotations, a $100 Landers gift card, and more. Come in now for the Landers Tire Event.